Hello and welcome back to Take 97, a film podcast with me, your host, David Ingram. Today's episode is going to be a little bit of a lighter episode, but I just wanted to do a film review and a little discussion about a particular genre of film as well. A little open discussion with you guys, uh, just to tide you over with some more Take 97 content. And also because I feel like it's something that I wouldn't normally do. Um, in the case of a film review, it's not my favourite genre, but I will definitely give it a shout. And also, it's a film that I recently went to see at the cinema, or at least one of the films I went to see at the cinema. The other I had to catch up on DVD. Uh, but today's episode shall be all about that blue, very fast-running, very fast-paced, electrifying little hedgehog creature that is known as... Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, and obviously I'm referring to the film that I saw recently was the second in the films, so that's Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and Sonic the Hedgehog, the first film, I'll break it down for you as well. Just to warn you guys, there are spoilers ahead, so please, if you haven't seen these films, as always, just watch the film first, pause this, and then crack on with the episode, but for now, we're going to spoiler territory, and also, if you are fellow Sonic lovers, please give us a like and a share and subscribe on all the relative social medias and following all our interactions specifically on instagram because we do share a lot of visual content on there and polls questions and quizzes and all sorts of bits and pieces on there and for general news updates keep an eye on our twitter pages but for now let's get started on today's little bit lighter episode should we say a little bit of a shorter one more condensed and uh, today we're looking at the sunny, or should I say very lowly area of America known as Green Hills, the place on planet Earth where Sonic the Hedgehog is transported after escaping a big conflict between two tribes of people, the Echidna, who are related closely to Knuckles, a character from the Sonic canon who we will get back to a little later in the episode. Uh, And the place that planet Earth has to offer is this lovely green, luscious area. It's very Twin Peaks-like in a way. It's a small town, there's not much to do there, and the police, they don't really have much crime to deal with. Uh, We follow and focus on James Marsden's character of Tom Wachowski, or as he is known by Sonic, Donut Lord, and we follow his character and his girlfriend, wife, or I forget, I think it's his wife actually, uh, Maddie, who are just living their best life, and Tom's looking to get a promotion to move over to San Francisco, and he's just living his normal everyday life, getting a promotion in the police force, going to be relocating soon, leaving Green Hills behind, and then all of a sudden his world is turned upside down by this blue hedgehog that is Sonic from another planet, another completely different world, who has travelled here through the rings, which anyone who knows when they played Sonic the Hedgehog games on like Sega systems and everything like that in the past, from when they first come out, or even any revamped versions of Sonic as well, for anyone who's only just got on to the Sonic bandwagon. You all know that rings are very important to Sonic. He collects them in the game. Uh, In the film, he uses them as a mode of transport to get to different worlds. Uh, That's the general setup, really, that he's escaped this raging war between Longclaw, his sort of mentor, then his mother figure, and who's looked after him since he was a kid, and has sent him on his way to do good in another area of the universe. Uh, And there's a map of all these different worlds that Sonic has where he can go to different 
worlds, one particular world which he doesn't really want to go to, but it seems quite safe and boring, is World of Mushrooms, which again, we'll get back to that later. Uh, but then, just to get, catch you guys up, so obviously James Marsden plays the character of Tom Wachowski, uh, he's the police chief of Green Hills, and because, soon, very quickly, becomes Sonic's very close friend and confidant. Jim Carrey is one of the leading roles in this, and he plays Dr. Robotnik, or as he's later referred to as Eggman by Sonic. And then we've also got Ben Schwartz as the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog, and then we do get uh, Colleen O'Shaughnessy, who plays Tails. Now, Tails doesn't actually appear until the very end as like a post credit scene at the end of the first Sonic film, and then is much more of a main player in the second film, and becomes probably one of Sonic's only sort of close friends that's from another planet that is very similar to him. Uh, obviously Sonic is a hedgehog, and then Tails is a, or Miles Tails Prower. He is a two-tailed, yellow, orangey coloured fox, uh, who's very innocent and sweet, uh, and means the best in the world. And obviously by the end of the second movie, he becomes Sonic's best friend. Uh, who's not a human. <laughs> uh, so we got that down on the card, so we got the classic characters of Sonic, Tails, Dr. Eggman, or Dr. Robotnik. Uh, and then we also get, like I said, Knuckles, uh, the red echidna creature. He comes into play in the second film, and is kind of, is a weird one of antagonist turned friend, turned, you know, ally. Uh, he works with Dr. Robotnik in the second film uh, to try and thwart Sonic's plan and just beat the living crap out of him basically because of the fact that Sonic was involved in the conflict between his people and the the owls, so Longclaw's uh, people as well, who were protecting the Chaos Emeralds and the Master Emerald which is made up of all these different shiny objects, which for anyone who does know their Sonic lore, I won't bore you too much with details and obviously I'm probably not the best person to explain this, but generally um, the Master Emerald is understood it's made up of several other little gems, so these other emeralds, Chaos Emeralds, which come together to form one big massive green gem <laughs> that uh, gives the beholder ultimate power, as it were, and that's one of the catalysts and sort of elements of the second film that Dr. Robotnik strives for. One thing I would say about this film, both of these films, so this is a double review, a double feature, but a very concise one, is that Sonic the Hedgehog is a gaming character, and this is the genre that I'm on about, the gaming genre. It's not something that films do very often, and it can lead to very poor, dire examples, such as the original Super Mario Brothers film from, I think it's 1993, uh, and then there's various other films which have come along the way which have been, you know, very poor adaptations of their source material. Pretty sure we had a Tomb Raider film or a Lara Croft film at some point before the brand new one came out in um, 2018, I think, if I remember correctly. But generally, gaming films don't tend to hit it very well with a wider audience, uh, unless they're, you know, the audience is so big. Like, I know for a fact that Mortal Kombat and I think it's Warcraft as well came out, and Assassin's Creed, those had a very big audience from the gaming world. So people were naturally anticipating it at a very high level. But... I feel like they only really serve certain audiences. I'm not a gamer by trade, really. But at the same time, I do think that there is meant to be that mass appeal that gaming films should appeal to people who naturally like superhero films because, let's face it, 
it's got the same mo it's got a sci-fi twist in there as well so you know for the sci-fi fans you know you've got these all these elements depending on which type of game you've adapted uh, which should outreach to a much wider audience but at the end of the day when it's so specific i feel like you're only going to ever reach that target audience uh, and that for me is why i love the sonic the hedgehog films because they are so universal that yes they're based on a game yes people who love the games will flock to them naturally but because it's a game that loads of people play as a kid and the way the film is marketed as such is marketed as a family film, uh, family kids film, then you are naturally going to get that wider audience of getting the adults in to watch it with the kids who are there to watch it for themselves anyway. And then on top of that, you've got people who aren't necessarily kids but could be adults as well who are into the gaming side of things. Uh, and whilst these films are by no means an adaptation of the fit of the um, original source material in the traditional sense, like they haven't just taken a game and just taken the whole story, they've made their own story original to it. And they've actually made a un an original story that consists of you know the components from the game. So you've got Dr. Eggman or Dr. Robotnik um, who is the main protagonist or antagonist really in human terms uh, and then you've got sonic who has to battle against him and tails and all those guys and you're starting to bring the expanded universe of these characters you know and love and you once you introduce them you can start to have fun with them and i feel like i've done an episode on sequels and what makes a good sequel and i feel like sonic the hedgehog 2 is actually a really good sequel like, it's a really perfect sequel idea because you take all the stuff that you've learned from the first one, you don't wallow in what happened in the first one too much, but it does semi-pick up from where we left off, in a way. But then we continue to show off more characters and more development than we did in the first film. And, you know, it really says something when you get a three-dimensional characterization of a very simple cartoon character that you've got in a game which all he you ever do is you control what he does but you have to you know you have objectives in a game whereas in a film you're just watching what happens and you're watching a story and narrative unfold i know some video games you can have more narrative based stuff along with the aims which you have to you know strive for because you are the character in the story whereas this you're just watching it but i do feel like the first one is a good film because it's just a classic family film you watch it you're sympathetic to sonic because he's alone in this world that no one really knows who he is and then it's all about finding a family at the end of the day and that's the continuing story of throughout into the second film is this idea of finding a family and finding a sense of belonging and that's the general clichedness of most kids films really but with Sonic, it works really well because you've got the fun action sci-fi side of things, which gets him in to a lot of fun and trouble in some respects. And, you know, you get to see him living his element. I think the first film is all about setup. And that is the general thing for most franchises. The first film will always be a setup, but to be a good setup, you have to have a, you know, a good set of characters that you want to stay with. Otherwise, you're just going to lose it after the end of the film or like halfway through the film. You're just not going to enjoy it. Whereas I really enjoyed, you know, the burgeoning relationship between, as they go, Donut Lord and Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, or the Blue Blur, or whatever Sonic likes to call himself. <laughs> I just think it was just a very charming film, very enlightening. And I feel like for anyone who listens to this podcast who isn't just a big film nut, uh, if anyone's listening to this 
who has a family or has kids or, you know, anyone who wants to enjoy something as a family in general, I would recommend Sonic the Hedgehog. I don't normally say that sort of stuff because normally I'm like, oh, you know, there's a really artistic film here. You could enjoy it by watching, you know, such a great piece of cinema. But, you know, cinema is only as good as it is perceived by the audience because at the end of the day it's not always the case but some films will be successful because the audience says so others will be successful because the critics say so and then there are some which live on forever because there's a good fine middle and i feel like with sonic the hedgehog generally it's been received both films have been received quite well um, by critics but not in the sense that you know oh it's high art cinema but generally it's been seen as a good piece of entertainment and that is what cinema is at the end of the day. That's why we love talking about it, because we love to be entertained. And like I said, Sonic the Hedgehog, the first one, we get introduced to Dr. Robotnik. And the sort of the origin is basically like all these superhero films do these days. Let's find the origin story of this character. Um, that's my one criticism I would say about Sonic the Hedgehog, the first one. And films in general, when they do franchises, is we always have to have this introduction and the origin story of how the character came to be who they are today i'm not saying that's not needed because in one respect if you don't have the origin story built into the first film you then have the studios being like oh we can make some more money by making another film later on down the line as a prequel which in a way they've they've done that with kingsman and the secret service they've done that because of the king's man but it's a little bit different because there's a whole bigger story with new characters rather than the ones you already know. Where, you know, in the first film actually started off as an origin story, but not in the traditional, like, a hero was born kind of thing. But I do think Sonic the Hedgehog does meet the fine balance between a origin story and just a fun piece of family cinema. And then we lead on to, so the first one's all about him saving the world from... Dr. Robotnik because he goes all crazy and you know, he's obsessed with catching Sonic and his we really just start to see the hatred burning of why Eggman wants to bring an end to Sonic the Hedgehog and then it sort of makes more sense for his motivations of just bringing an end to Sonic and you know adding the two-dimensional side of things of the I want ultimate power over the world kind of thing and using Knuckles to his advantage in the second film and I feel like Sonic is such a perfect world builder that you can just add a character in each film. Like the first film, it was all about finding Sonic and Dr. Robotnik. The second film, we get them returning, and at the end of the first one, spoiler alert, Eggman gets trapped on the mushroom planet, but he eventually makes his way back because he, with his massive scientific mind, and obviously he becomes more likely accurate to the game itself, where he's got a big moustache, like he did before, but much bigger moustache, and no hair. Whereas the first one he had hair, so it was a little bit more like, oh, this is what happened before. But then we get to see more of a reason for his hatred for Sonic, you know, because we've seen the first film and the second film builds on that. And, you know, we get Sonic and Eggman in the first film. We had Tails in at the end of the first film in a mid post credit scene. And then that exact same scene is inserted into the second film. And we pick off where we left off. And it's a nice sort of, if you didn't watch the first film in the cinema, if you just catch up on it really quickly like I did, I watched it before we went into the cinema like, a couple of days before, you get this nice sense of, oh, familiarity in a sense that you're going to be with something that knows where the narrative's at. It's not going to confuse you. So I really do enjoy 
the world building side of things. You know, we get Tails in the second film and Knuckles as a double. I feel like we get two characters per film. So we get Eggman and Sonic in the first, Tails at the end of it just, but then Tails is fully introduced into the f- second film along with Knuckles. And then the next one we can introduce as a couple of characters. I think her name's Amy, I want to say. I'm not really a big up on this, but the I think it's the pink version of Sonic, as I like to say, the pink hedgehog. Uh, she is yet to be included in the film, so she might be in the next film, because it looks like they've dropped a few hints as to there being a third film, because in, again, another mid credit scene in the second film, we get introduced to the idea of Project Shadow. And Project Shadow, for any fans of Sonic the Hedgehog and the franchise and Sega and everything, you will know Shadow well as, like, the dark Sonic the Hedgehog, as it were. So, you know, the black-coloured hedgehog with, like, red streaks in his fur, really cool and equal match for Sonic as a hedgehog speeder. Uh, And he really is such a... When I saw that on the screen, I literally was like, oh, my God, it's Shadow! (laughs) I literally... I got so excited. And I haven't been that excited about something in, you know, like a kids-based thing you know, in ages. I get that excited about Marvel films and uh, sometimes the odd Doctor Who episode, but I generally do get, so my inner nerd comes out when I see things like that, like fan service at its finest. So you know the next film is going to be the friends, the family that Sonic has cultivated, because again, this continuation of a family building world and the unit being built together you know, got Knuckles, Tails, and Sonic, along with the human characters, which aren't even part of the gaming universe, they're just for the film. You get this nice sense of they're coming together, and then you got bit by bit, and finally we will then get the big punch, which is Shadow. And then hopefully we'll get introduced to a couple more extra characters. I think can't remember what the name of it is. There's a purple character. It will bug me forever that I can't remember. Someone let me know what the purple one's called, please, and if I've got the name of the pink character right if it's amy i'm assuming it's amy but yeah i'm very excited to see if they do sonic the hedgehog 3 little thing as well that i'd like to point out about this film as well the second film sonic the hedgehog 2 is that whilst it was a very good crowd pleaser and it had a big narrative like really sort of i feel we really built upon what we had before it's kind of sad to say that this potentially is the last acting role performance by Jim Carrey, because Jim Carrey is very famously, at the time of recording this, and, you know, prior to making the film, in or when it was released, he said that this is going likely to be one of his last performances, one of his last film roles, and he's going to retire from acting. Now, how true that is, I don't know. Whether they would tempt him back to do Sonic the Hedgehog 3, and then that be his last one, I don't know. Or if there's some other project that he is burgeoning to do, before he finishes with acting completely, I don't know, but we'll have to just wait and see. But I feel like if this is the last performance of Jim Carrey, what a performance to go out on, because, you know, it's not like a stellar acting performance, but at the same time, it's like, you know, you're going out on a high note with, like, you played a big baddie that's on, I think Jim Carrey's been quoted as saying he's likened Eggman to the Riddler in Batman Forever. Uh, you wouldn't want to see them two together because it would be absolute chaos. And he said that the madness is on a similar level because they're both very intelligent people, but at the same time, they're very, I don't know, intriguing then because their minds are so expansive, but they want to do nothing but destruction and they're very evil in their megalomaniac ways as they want to take over the world or 
Gotham or whatever they want to do. But yeah, I'm interested to see. What do you guys think? Do you think this will be Jim Carrey's last role? Um, I will put out a poll about that and say that, you know, anybody think that he will stay for any more acting roles just to completely, like, come to a final close? Or do you actually think this is the last time we will see Jim Carrey on the big screen um, in a big role then? Because you never know, he might even just come back as, like, a little thing. But to be fair, Jim Carrey, he's very stern on his morals of, like, what he likes and doesn't like. So, you know, he might be true to his word, he might not. I don't know, so we'll soon have to see. So let me know on the Instagram poll that I'll put out very shortly about whether you think that Jim Carrey is going to quit acting forever now and leave Dr. Robotnik as his final legacy then. But back to the films, Sonic the Hedgehog 1, I would rate it a solid 4 out of 5 because it's not a perfect film, but it's very enjoyable. And again, I'd say 4 out of 5 for Sonic the Hedgehog 2, but I'd say maybe 45 maybe then out of five because it was just a fraction more exciting and even funnier as I think in places um, than the first one so I highly enjoyed it and I think that this is probably the quickest episode I've ever done really to be honest with you and also the other thing I forget to mention the voice of Knuckles I completely forgot to say the voice of Knuckles Idris Elba I wasn't so sure when I heard that Idris Elba was going to be playing Knuckles well, that might work because he's quite gruff and, you know, if anybody knows him from the BBC TV series Luther, you might think, mm, you know, he's got the gruffness that could work with Knuckles. But I can't imagine Idris Elba doing something like that's all organised to like a kid's market then. Because, you know, Idris Elba recently has been in the new Suicide Squad, James Gunn's Suicide Squad. And I don't think, you know, that was a good performance, fairly all right. I think it's Bloodshot he played in that. And it was uh, decent enough, but... Idris Elba for me, I don't know, he's got lots of things surrounding him, you know, the whole James Bond theory and everything like that, but I just feel that Knuckles actually wasn't a bad voice role for him, he actually did quite well, like, whilst I'm sat there, I will admit I was constantly thinking, that's Idris Elba, that's Idris Elba, whereas, obviously I don't know the other voice actors that played Tails and Sonic um, that well outside of their voice roles but I do think that they're a little bit more anonymous because they're not as well known in my opinion Ben Schwartz's name rings a bell but like I said I'm just going off first impressions I'm just saying here now but I would say that Idris Elba is a big name I can't help but hear his voice but truly once you get into the film you realize you know that's him he's immersed in the role but at the same time his anonymity and the fact that he's Idris Elba doesn't escape it so uh yeah, that's Idris Elba for you. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for Sonic 3, if and when they do it, to see Shadow come into the mix and maybe some more Sonic characters. That'd be really fun to see how they do it. It'd be good if they ended it on Sonic 3 and that'd be the final one and they do it as a trilogy. I would love to see that. That'd be really good. But because I mentioned this is based on video game characters, I'm going to give you a quick little breakdown, little recommendations, or at least a list of films that you can keep an eye out for if you want to get into the video gaming world. Some of these are good, some of these aren't so good, others are divided in opinion. Uh, I haven't seen all of these, but these are based on a quick little Google search that I did, along with some that I already know myself. So, the first one on my list uh, is a little bit more closer to home for me. It's Spy Kids 3, so the third in the Spy Kids uh, original franchise that they did, uh, the Robert Rodriguez-based stuff. That is Spy Kids 3 Game Over, which is set in like a game world universe. I think the graphics obviously are very dated because of the animation at the time. It's very limited and 
we've come miles and leaps and bounds from then because uh, this was released in 2003 originally so it would have been in production probably the year before or two years before but generally it's such a fun one to watch even for the cringiest you know 2000s dialogue and the animation style of the game world i think if you want to look at an early example of a film that's not based on a game but based within the video game genre that's a really good one to have a bit of fun with. The other thing as well you can look at quite recently, if we go more up to date, you've got the likes of Ready Player One, which is based on the book by Ernest Klein. Uh, and I, obviously there's a second book out now, if anybody's a fan of Ready Player One, the book. I mean, I'm not a book podcast, but I did enjoy the first book. The film doesn't quite do it justice, really. There's a lot of things that were cut out because the book's so dense and so detailed. I think Spielberg did an alright job with Ready Player One uh, in some respects. The visuals look really good. It's visually good. He's a visual director. Um, the story is very simple, though, and compared to the book, it is not the same. Uh, so, and I'm looking forward to reading the second one because I haven't yet picked up my copy yet, but the second book, Ready Player Two, I'm intrigued to see how that turns out. But yeah, if you want to watch another film, so it's like virtual reality, a place called The Oasis, where you can be your own avatar and live your own life, do whatever you want to escape the outside world, which is a desolate smog of horrible dystopia. And then in this world, it's the absolute epitome of nostalgia, reliving things that you know and love. And in that film, actually, there's lots of references to Steven Spielberg film so if you like Spielberg you should watch that one because like you know there's an Iron Giant in it there's even there's other things as well other like franchise I'm pretty sure there's a Freddy Krueger in there as well there's loads of like characters from different franchises coming together and there's a DeLorean as well that um, Parzaville or Wade Watts drives around in which is really fun as well but yeah if you like that go for that the 2018 film uh, and then on top of that I haven't seen this this is a recent edition but Uncharted which has got Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg in it. Again, I've heard things about it. It's not a brilliant film, but it's based on a game. You might want to give it a go. It's interesting, to say the least. It's probably one of those like fun movies that you just see and you don't really think too much about. It's just a bit of like the equivalent of trash TV, but trash film, really. Um, if anybody does like that film, I am sorry. I haven't watched it yet, but I've just it's the mixed reviews I've heard from it. And then on top of that, if you want to go back to the likes of um, animated characters mixing with real life characters, like real people, like Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, a couple of, several couple of years ago now, I think it was out in 2019. There's Detective Pikachu, that was an interesting film <laughs> uh, with Ryan Reynolds as the voice of Detective Pikachu. I'm not quite sure how I felt about Ryan Reynolds voicing Pikachu, I'm not going to lie. I think I was more happy to hear Idris Elba voicing Knuckles, because at least he suited the gruff character. Whereas Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu just didn't didn't work, in my opinion. Because, you know, I'm so used to hearing him going, Pika, Pika, and not speaking English. So, I don't know, you couldn't have had a whole film with subtitles of him going, Pika, Pika, all the time. But, I don't know, I'm not sure about Ryan Reynolds. At least it wasn't James Corden, let's say that now. Uh, <laughs> uh, other films as well, 2018, Tomb Raider, the Lara Croft games, Mortal Kombat 2021 film, and Assassin's Creed as well. I'm not into Assassin's Creed, but I just read that there's a film of that apparently as well, which came out in 2016. So those are just some films that you can watch if you haven't already watched them. I might give some of them a watch as well, just to prove whether I do actually not mind the video game film genre, or whether it's just a gimmick. Let me know your thoughts on our Instagram and Twitter pages. And I hope to see you guys again soon for another episode. And I'm looking forward to bringing you even more content very soon. So 
that's a wrap on Take 97, a film podcast, the Sonic the Hedgehog video game discussion episode. And I will see you next time, guys. See you later.